0: welcome to the d-backs daily show where we're talking about the arizona diamondbacks every day i'm your host jesse friedman Welcome to today's edition of the d Daily Show. As always, I'm your host, Jesse Friedman, and if you were with us yesterday, you know that I talked about Aaron Sanchez, the starter for the Toronto Blue Jays today, the fact that he's 9-1, the fact that he had an ERA of 2.97, the fact that he threw 97 miles an hour and got a lot of ground balls. And the fact that this would be a very difficult game to win for the Arizona Diamondbacks, and it turned out to be that way. Uh, Arizona ended up losing the game by a final score of 5-1. to one. The Diamondbacks grinded out a, a run in a way that the D-backs haven't really done much of this season. They've had a lot of trouble actually getting the big hit, getting guys in. And I really liked how they scored their run in the first inning. It started with a Gene Segura single. He stole second, advanced on a ground out, and scored on a ground out. All he did was single, and he scored a run. And I think that's the kind of run production that the Diamondbacks have been missing out on uh, for a big portion of this season. You've seen them really struggle to get the big hit, to, to get the hit that blows the game wide open and wins them the game. The D-backs have had a lot of trouble getting those kinds of hits this season, but the truth is that effective baseball teams don't have to do those things. You can play small ball, you can single, you can steal bases, and you can ground out players all the way around the bases. That's what the D-backs did in the first inning. They took a 1-0 lead, but unfortunately, Aaron Sanchez took over from then on. He ended with seven innings of one run ball, giving up six hits with no walks and five Ks. He got the win to go to 10-1, and and the D-backs' record now falls to 40-54 and as they look to earn a series split tomorrow with Patrick Corbin on the mound for the D-backs against Marcus Stroman of the Toronto Blue Jays. And although today's game might not have been thrilling with a 5-1 to score with the fact that the Diamondbacks went 0-10 with runners in scoring position, and by the way, it's very difficult to win a baseball game going 0-10 with runners in scoring position, um, but there was something else that happened in the Diamondbacks organization that was very significant today. And it didn't have anything to do with the Diamondbacks. It had everything to do, however, with their AAA affiliate, the Reno Aces. Now, what could possibly be happening in Reno that could be significant, you ask? Well, here's what happened. Shelby Miller had his first minor league outing after being sent down by the Diamondbacks over the weekend. And here's what went down. Here is Shelby Miller's final line from his start on Tuesday night against the Colorado Springs Sky Sox. Six and two-thirds innings, three earned runs, four hits, two walks, 10 strikeouts. Now, obviously, the Diamondbacks are looking for Shelby Miller to be effective and to be effective consistently. And I think this is a decent start. I don't think this gives any indication that Shelby Miller is back, that he's ready to be called up back to the majors after a, a one start stint in the minor leagues. I don't think that's what this is about for Shelby Miller. I think this is a good start, though. He, he got the 10 strikeouts, and you're definitely going to expect to see increased strikeout numbers given the fact that Shelby was, is now going to be facing uh, hitters of, of a smaller skill set in the minor leagues. The three runs is interesting. And if you listen to yesterday's show, I would would really recommend it. Uh, We talked a lot about Shelby Miller and the trends that you can identify in his starts because, believe it or not, he wasn't always bad all the time. There were certain patterns that seemed to repeat themselves about Shelby Miller and the way in which he would have his struggles. Uh, But one of those patterns that we discovered yesterday was that Shelby would go a few innings and dominate and then hit a wall. And unfortunately, that kind of repeated itself. Shelby Miller threw a scoreless 1st, a scoreless 2nd, a scoreless 3rd, a scoreless 4th, a scoreless 5th, and he was charged with all 3 runs that the Reno Aces would allow in the 6th inning. And that pattern is really indicative of every start that Shelby Miller has had this year. Obviously, because it's a minor league start and you see the 10 strikeouts and only the 4 hits, this looks like a pretty decent outing overall, but the fact that he still struggled by hitting a wall in a particular inning, in this case it was the sixth inning, is still very concerning. I don't think Shelby Miller really fixed anything significant in this start, and really Shelby Miller getting back to himself is all about finding a way to minimize the damage. What well, we've seen Shelby Miller do over and over and over again, and again we talked about this a lot in in yesterday's episode, is we see him give up five run innings, we see him give up six run innings, we see him give up big innings that completely destroy any success he's had previously in the game. And every starter is gonna have their innings where they give up runs. Shelby Miller's problem is that he never really gives up one run or two runs. He has a tendency, unfortunately, to give up the big inning, to give up four, to give up five, to give up six. And we kinda saw that happen in this start when he gave up three runs in the sixth inning. Fortunately, he did come back out for the seventh. He was able to get two outs then, though he definitely wasn't as effective as he was earlier in the game. So for Shelby Miller, this is a good step in the right direction. He got his 10 strikeouts. A lot of this is about growing confidence, and I think this game will do him some good in that. He got a win. He got a lot of strikeouts. He didn't allow a lot of hits, and although he gave up the three runs in that sixth inning, I think this is a good step forward for Shelby Miller. But Shelby Miller wasn't the only Diamondback rehabbing in AAA during this game. Our friend Chris Owings, remember him, it's been a while. Chris Owings hasn't played in a game for the Arizona Diamondbacks since June the 5th. And as I record this on July 20th, that's almost exactly a month and a half ago. So his injury has taken quite some time to return from. But the good news is that Chris Owings is absolutely destroying the cover off the baseball in the minor leagues right now. He went four for five with a double, two runs scored, and three RBIs for the Aces on Tuesday. And he has a 727 batting average uh, on the season over this rehab assignment with the Reno Aces. Chris Owings is on his way back. Chip Hale said today in an interview that he should be back by the beginning of next week. And the same goes for David Peralta. So far, Peralta's rehab stint in the minors hasn't treated him quite as well. He's hitting .235 uh, with a 658 OPS over the course of 17 at-bats. But that's a pretty small sample size. I don't think it's anything to really be concerned about at this point. This is actually Peralta's second stint on the disabled list. If you remember, he was on the DL earlier in the season, and he's missed uh, quite a bit of time overall. He's only played in 41 games with the Diamondbacks this year and didn't perform nearly up to the standard that he set for himself last season when he had an OPS of over 900. But both Peralta and Chris Owings are expected back in early next week, possibly in the series against the Milwaukee Brewers, and I think getting these two outfielders back is going to really boost their lineup, and it's going to really boost their defense. Right now, the Diamondbacks' defense is uh, kind of a a disturbing thing to watch. Michael Bourne is decent out in center field, Um, but aside from Yasmani Tomas, a lot of the players the D-backs are throwing out in the outfield these days are players that are really playing out of position. Brandon Drury has been uh, an infielder for the majority of his pro career so far. Ricky Weeks Jr., is the same, and although he's kind of started to adapt to that outfield position long-term as he gets a little bit older, he's not a a particularly mobile person at this point in his career. So really, you could say the biggest advantage of getting Chris Owings and David Peralta back is actually the D-backs' defense will hopefully become watchable again, and even Chris Owings, who was playing center field earlier, was playing out of position, but I think it's fair to say that he and Peralta would provide a much better defensive performance than the D-backs are currently getting out of their outfielders at the moment. If you've been following the Diamondbacks news over the last few days, you've probably heard about a report that originally came from Peter Gammons, who is uh, an MLB reporter, and Peter quoted a National League general manager basically saying that the Diamondbacks had interest from other teams and Brad Ziegler, their closer, who they, of course, dealt to the Boston Red Sox for two uh, lower-level prospects in the eyes of most scouts. And uh, what the report basically said was that teams are dumbfounded by the fact that the Diamondbacks offered Brad Ziegler to the Boston Red Sox at a so-called half price. Apparently, the Diamondbacks were asking for a much higher return from other teams and this general manager from the National League, who would go unnamed, uh, was basically just laying it out of there on the table and saying that a lot of people were expecting the Diamondbacks to get a lot more for this guy. Brad Ziegler was a closer. He was very successful. He owns the record for most consecutive saves in the Arizona Diamondbacks system. And this is a quality pitcher who can give you big innings in big moments late in the game. And Yahoo! columnist Jeff Passan... Uh, picked up this story, and he was actually interviewed recently on uh, Bickley & Murata, which is a popular local radio show. If you live in Arizona, you've probably heard of it. It's a very uh, well-done program that airs every day from 12 to 2 p.m. on Arizona Sports ninety eight seven FM. Um, but Jeff Passan basically said on this interview... When they were talking about the Diamondbacks and the state of this organization, he accused the Diamondbacks of, and I quote, serial mismanagement. And this is strong language that Jeff Passan used. And if you've listened to interviews with Jeff Passan in the past about the Diamondbacks, he really thinks they've messed up on a lot of different things. From the Shelby Miller trade all the way to this relatively... Uh, low-cost, low-reward trade that the Diamondbacks made uh, in which they sent Brad Ziegler to the Boston Red Sox. So the question we have to ask ourselves is, is this true? Have the Diamondbacks committed to serial mismanagement of their team? Do they evaluate talent in the right way? And the only way we can really judge that is by looking at the moves that they've made. You look at the acquisition of Shelby Miller— The Diamondbacks probably had no idea that an ERA over 7 was in his future back in December when they made this move. Could they have gotten more for Brad Ziegler? Did they give up on Didi Gregorius too soon? These are the questions that we have to face before we can draw any conclusions. And that's what tomorrow's show is for. If you join us tomorrow, what I'm going to do is I'm going to break down every single trade that the Diamondbacks have made under the regime of Dave Stewart and Tony LaRussa. we're going to go through, we're going to grade every trade they've made, and we are going to answer the question, is serial mismanagement a proper way to describe the Diamondbacks' front office? I think we're all aware that they've made their fair share of mistakes. And we're going to remember the Shelby Miller trade for a long time, most likely, unless things turn around very quickly. There's not a lot of debate about that big of a trade. But the Diamondbacks have made a lot more roster moves than just that over the regime of Dave Stewart and Tony Larusa, And I think the only way we can say for sure whether or not serial mismanagement is the right word to describe the Diamondbacks' front office is to look at every trade, to look at every roster move, to evaluate them, and to come to our conclusion with the entire big picture in mind. And that's what we're going to do on tomorrow's show. And I hope... To see you then. Thanks for listening to today's edition of the D-Backs Daily Show. As always, you can find me on Twitter at, at Jesse N. Friedman, or you can tweet the show at, at d Daily Show. You can also get online at www.thewebgem.net slash d Daily Show. I'm your host, Jesse Friedman. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back with more tomorrow about the Arizona Diamondbacks.